Hey guys, welcome back to Crafting Fitness. Today, Mike and I review the events from the 2022 Legends Championship. This is one of the premier CrossFit Masters events that took place from December 8th through the 11th of this past year. We both had athletes compete in the competition and decide a review of the events and programming would be a fun discussion to have with our audience. In this episode, we go over all nine events, our thoughts on each event, and pieces we would potentially change if we were designing the events. If you enjoy this episode, please like and share it with others as it helps us build our reach and be able to share more great content with the public. All right, welcome back. This week we are talking about and recapping the Masters Legends events, which happened, um, I guess, coming up on about a month ago when this comes out. Um, so we're going to re- review those work. Sam and I both had a client in there. Um, you just had one there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So we both had both had female uh, clients that were there. I was at the event, and so we just wanted to go over those uh, tests and give our critiques on them, and um, yeah, talk about the test as a whole and each individual test. So that was that was one of the things that I wanted to, um, I guess, just kind of overview start with is looking at. When we're looking at tests like this, a lot of times when I hear people review tests that have qualifiers for them, they talk about either the redundancy in the qualifiers and the actual event or saying that, well, because this was tested in the qualifier, it doesn't need to be tested in the main event. Um, And I go back and forth on that. What are your thoughts on that as far as if it was tested a lot in the qualifier, does it need to be tested again in the main event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. It is interesting to think about fitness testing and what role does the qualifier serve for the actual main event. And in my head, the qualifier acts as a, a barrier to entry to more challenging or the actual you know body of tests that you want to use. So if, if arguably you would start with well, what do I actually want to test these people on? And then based upon the tests, what would be good derivatives of those tests that would act as qualifiers to determine whether or not somebody has the fitness ability to compete in the main event. So I don't think there needs to be uh, great similarities between the qualifier and the actual competition, but they sh- it should make sense that you're doing some sort of like I mentioned, derivative of the actual event as some sort of, uh, you know, uh, barrier to entry for people. So if, if it is very redundant, where if you did X in the qualifier and then at the mass, at the championship, you do something very similar then well, I don't think that's really, you know, I don't think that's telling you more than you already knew from the qualifier. So, sure. um, so what about so you? That's the, that's the, I think that's the take that a lot of people take. And I, see where they're coming from. I actually see things potentially a little bit differently though. And some of it depends on the event. So if it's the CrossFit games, then it kind of, we'll set that aside for now, Mm -hmm. but because of what I'm going to describe, but if we look at other events, a lot of times other events have kind of unique tests that they like to see more of. So for instance, the the rogue is kind of a little bit heavier, a little bit strongman ish type events. And so, if there are qualifiers for that, I would see it okay is to have that type of 
test in the qualifier. And therefore, when you get to the main event, you're testing the best people at that type of event. Whereas if you test, the, say, the qualifiers were gymnastics only, and then they get to the event, and hmm. uh, it's strongman-ish, well, the person who wins is like still not the best at that thing. So if we think about, like again, comparing it to golf, you have the four different majors, sorry, majors, and they all test four different, completely different things. And you want the, the best people at those courses to be there and to win those events. Otherwise, it's like, why are, why are we even testing this? The person who really mm -hmm. is the best at this is not even here. Mm -hmm. So that's where I see where redundancy potentially could be beneficial is mm -hmm. if you want to highlight the, the best at a certain type of training, like Wadapalooza has their niche type of event that they always kind of do and rogue is a little mm -hmm. bit different and that's why i put the games pulled it out it's a little bit it's kind of all encompassing so it doesn't really matter but um mm -hmm. anyway that's where I, I see it is maybe there could be some themes or some redundancy mm -hmm. within that um, yep a through line that we did dumbbell dumbbells all the way through the season mm -hmm. it was like the person that was the best clearly should have won that year because they made it through the mm -hmm. same similar testing all the way through Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, a through line mm -hmm. that that connects each stage of the 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 the, the testing body. Mm -hmm. I would, yeah, I agree. It's important. There, that shouldn't be. Yeah, you do far left into the spectrum over here, right. where it's all endurance events, and then you get to the competition, and then it's all strength power events. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't make sense. So, yeah. um, I think it's just maybe the contention point is. Uh, if the tests are essentially the same in the qualifier as they are at the championship where they're not really stretching the athlete more yeah. so or adding more complexity, then that's a problem. Cause then it's, it's like, they've, you've seen that in some competitions where they, they actually they do a qualifier. And then one of the qualifier events is actually one of the championship events. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, we already on. know that. Yeah. yeah. So be more creative. Well, and that, to that, to that point for this, um, and I'm not looking at the, so this event had an online qualifier. It also had live in-person right. qualifier events. And so I'm going to take those out because that's a whole different conversation because they were all different workouts. I don't know who was in charge of writing those workouts for the live event qualifiers. I don't know how that works. So, and to gather all those workouts, I didn't even take the time to do that. But if we're looking at just the online qualifier, in this qualifier, there were a couple of things that point out, and we'll get into more detail as we go through the events, but like there were no chest of bars throughout the entire thing. Mm -hmm. There were bar muscle-ups multiple times throughout the qualifier and the live event, no ring muscle-ups. Um, and so like things like that were like, they, they could have done bar muscle-ups in one stage and rings in another stage, and it's not the same thing, or they could have done mm -hmm. chest of bar. They did pulling they did rope climbs they did different pulling but they never did chest to bar so like mixing it up a little bit there where it's not the same thing mm -hmm. but you still get the same type of athlete is going to be similar with those things so mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about or like you're saying is like it shouldn't be the exact same mm -hmm. bar muscle ups are tested every step of the way mm -hmm. at, a, at a big volume or something like that so yeah. um and go ahead i was just gonna say one thing too that was interesting is in the qualifier they had a max snatch but in the championship, they didn't have a max lift, mm -hmm. which was interesting, which it's not a right or wrong. It's just an interesting mm -hmm. observation. Yeah. Um, 
that they picked really, the really nothing the, heavy. No, no, really nothing heavy. Which you can make a really good argument for masters athletes that there's a lot of value there because frankly, masters are a lot more fragile and you 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 can't test them the same way you test a 25 year old. So mm-hmm. I I'd give them kudos for keeping the tests more uh, less load intensive and uh, a lot more variety around dumbbells and body weight and machines and implements. So I, you know, I can appreciate that just for, from a longevity standpoint for the masters, uh, but the, without a max lift though, because you could be creative with how you use a max lift. That's not extremely taxing for, you know, a master's athlete, you could do some mm-hmm. sort of complex, um, or some sort of total. So, mm-hmm. but don't want to get bogged down on that. Yeah. Cool. Anything else on the big picture stuff before we get into the actual events of the main yeah. event? Yeah. One other piece. Um, the legends now seems to have a reputation for being the, 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 the longest and most events, of any master's competition and probably mm-hmm. and arguably probably any Austin mm-hmm. competition might have mm-hmm. many events as uh um dubai or madrid I, i'm trying to think off the top of my head how many events they had but i think i think they're in the eight to ten event range something like that so it's a lot of events four days of competing mm-hmm. i mean that's because then i thinking about how i prepared my athlete and it's just i mean she had to train four consecutive days for the month leading up and it's like the bulk of her week of training was just preparing and getting her system ready for four days in a row it's a lot it's a lot Mm -hmm. so you could you know my bias would be condense it down to three days and make the tests you know good quality tests that are that are challenging them and you're finding the the best athletes um, I don't know if you need to go four days, four days is, mm-hmm. you know, save that for, uh, the young guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they're that and the timing of it, um, makes it, it honestly makes it difficult for masters because they have, they have kids. School is finishing around that time. Yeah. Uh, it's getting into the holidays. Like that's one of the reasons I don't, I don't know that my client's going to do it again is because taking the, uh, essentially five days off or six days off for this event in that time of year where it's already kind of chaos with kids and everything anyway, mm-hmm. it's just a tough event. So I think, I think the, the athletes would also agree that bringing it down to three days at least would be, well, four days, it sounds fun on paper and it sounds fun to look at it and do, but yeah, real, reality is it, it makes it challenging for that age. Group. Exactly. Yep. Cool. All right. We're getting All events. Right, so the, yeah, so Thursday is when it kicked off, and they kicked off with a seven-minute max distance row, one-minute rest, seven distant, seven minutes max distance bike, one-minute rest, seven-minute max distance ski. So 21 minutes of cyclical work, basically, for max distance. Um, this was uh, – uh, I don't hate the test. I, th- I think it's a good cyclical aerobic test to start off. Um my bias, we were personally unprepared for that long of a ski. Uh, seven minutes, while seven minutes isn't really all that long. One, it's at the end of it. And two, the ski erg is just 
maybe this is just my bias, but we just haven't put that kind of volume in on the ski erg, whereas the row and the bike, we were used to that kind of volume. So really the pace, we, we weren't even sure going into that, what we were, it was just going to be kind of hang on for what's left. Um, I, I personally, unless it's like an outdoor event for CrossFitters, I like it to be a little bit more mixed. Again, that's just my bias. There's nothing wrong with this, this version of the test. I just like it to be a little bit more, have a little bit more variety to it, but overall I don't have any big qualms about the test. What about you? Yeah, I, I like the, the minute rest. It, it forces the athlete to be strategic with how hard they're going to go. Uh, Cause they know as well as you and I know that a minute rest is, it's not going to really do a whole lot. So you're, you know, you, you can't blow it out on the row and then assume after a minute rest, you'll, you'll be recharged for another seven minute blowout. So you, you have to be strategic. And I like any time athletes have, there's an element of strategy that, is more than obvious that you have to <clears throat> think about and, and prioritize to your unique skill set. So like for my client, she won the strength event in the, the quarterfinals for 35 to 39 females this past year. So she's extremely strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a result, on the other end of the spectrum, she wasn't very good or uh aware of what her capabilities and paces and limitations were. So a lot of the training that we've spent over the summer was developing awareness and understanding of pace and ability on machines and just Mm -hmm. working aerobically for long periods of time. So this was for me, a great test for her to, to force her to develop that ability based upon Mm -hmm. what her goal is of trying to go to the games. She has to become competent here. So I was excited for her to do this because I knew it would really challenge her. And we came up with some paces that was geared to making sure that when she got to the ski, she could hold a good pace and wasn't depleted. And, and it worked, it worked really well. She, she did everything a little faster, of course, than what we anticipated with adrenaline. And then also seeing the girls next to her, she, Mm -hmm. I think she dropped, uh, she dropped her paces about, seven seconds on the row and she dropped um another seven on the bike and then like five on the ski and then the goal was that the last like 500 not last 500 but the last minute and a half two minutes on all of them she she tried to drop it even more which for her was a nice strategy because it it made her recognize that the first five five and a half minutes needed to be held back a little so that when she got to the last little leg, she actually had juice to, okay, I can push it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, that was great. She executed perfectly. And I was, I thought no matter what happened after that, that was like a huge win and takeaway for the weekend for her. Um, so it was a good test for her. Yeah. So my, my athlete is kind of the opposite of the spectrum. She's a endurance. Her capacity is great. Strength is her weakness. And so she knew exactly what to hold on the row. She knew exactly pretty much with the hole in the bike. Like I said, the ski was kind of out there because we haven't done just a ton of that. But um, I mean, I think she won the row event last year um, or, or top five or so at that. So that's kind of her, her jam on that. So um, yeah, 
All right, so the next one was 15, 12, 9 dumbbell thrusters with 50s and 35s, dumbbell box step-ups, and 100-foot tank, torque tank push. So yes, this one, legs. logistically, this is one I uh, got some feedback from her because I actually wasn't at the first day. So this one, uh, she said the having to move the box and the dumbbells was a mess, a chaos. Because they were some athletes were flipping the box over the dumbbell, some were moving it around the dumbbell, some were having to pick mm. it up and carry it over the dumbbells, and they were having to move the dumbbells as well. So it was just wow. she said it just wasn't thought out in on the front end, and they didn't they, they didn't have any time to kind of strategize and plan that. They just went out to the floor, and that's had to figure out how to get the box to the next stop step. Like I said, I didn't see that, so that's was her feedback, um, and her feedback also was not finishing on the torque tank she's not a, a lot of people are super opposed to the torque tank being in events at all because it's pretty much a set pace um and it's really not that difficult it's just kind of a steady grind on the legs so her feedback was to not put it at the end where you can't really pass people with that with mm-hmm. that finishing thing even if you pushed it down and then had to run back she said that would have been been a little bit better but maybe potentially putting it on the front end um mm. But yeah, this was this was all legs, um, and and really, it's not a. I don't really know what. Again, this is my bias. I don't really know what the specific test what they were trying to kind of go after here, other than mm-hmm. just leg endurance, because dumbbell box step ups are a slow, grindy type movement. The torque tank is kind of a slow, grindy type movement. Um, dumbbell thrusters are a little bit faster cadence, a little bit faster turnover, but it wasn't just, you know, it's not going to be like a high power lactic type feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be probably super high breathing. It's just going to be that steady burn on your legs for the mm-hmm. entire time. So, um, I, and again, not that that's a necessarily a bad thing, but I just don't know what the kind of their thought process was, um, and what they were looking at trying to test here. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm not super opposed to the torque tank being in there. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with it, but I do think that putting it kind of on the front end or in the middle of an event is better than putting it at the end where you can't, once you get off the box, step up to so that last round, you pretty much know who's won um, the event because they're not going to pass them on the tank. Yeah, it would have been maybe interesting to have like a front end and a back, like, you know, 200 mm-hmm. feet push, then you do the 15, 12, 9, and then a 200 foot push or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where you could uh, maybe if the distance was longer, you could pass people if like your brakes yeah, were there smaller. Would be stop. Yeah, there would be stopping. Yep. Yeah. So maybe something like that. They had the step ups in the qualifier, uh, but they were twenty five or or was it a single dumbbell? Single dumbbell. Too? A single dumbbell. Yeah. Yep. Very different workout uh, circumstance as well. But again, <laughs> maybe one of those areas where it's repeating a movement that's maybe yeah. not worthy of being repeated. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you repeat it, you you're using it in a very different context. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it was, it was kind of a interesting event. Could have maybe been laid out a little bit better. Um, the tanks I've never, I haven't really pushed it, so I can't really talk on what it's like. Uh, it would be interesting because that, I mean, that's, it's nice that you can standardize the sled across everyone, which is good. And I think super important. 
However, you, you would want to reward somebody for being able to push it harder or faster. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, if you, if you push the tank too hard, then you have, it it pulls, it pushes pushes back back. on you too much. So that's like, uh, then, then (laughs) I just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The, the reward is to kind of find a pace that's, getting the tank moving at the, at the pace, but you're not pushing too hard yeah. against it, which doesn't make sense from a fit, fitness yeah. test. Yeah. You would want to reward somebody who could push it faster and get mm-hmm. it done faster. So I don't know, but you know, and I, I guarantee you there, there, I will say that there, you can pass people speaking from um, at the uh, syndicate ground uh, mm-hmm. two years ago where my team was there and they made it to the games. They had some, their team was really good at pushing the tank. And in that event, I don't even remember what the exact event was, but that is kind of where they got ahead. So it's not like a, it's not like it's a exact set pace when you're pushing it. There, there mm-hmm. is room for, for that. Yeah. So it's not, I don't think it's like, I've heard other podcasts and stuff say that there's no possible, everybody moves at the exact same speed. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case, but it doesn't reward. It doesn't reward people like this actual real sled does. Yeah. Maybe it's, the the top end speed you can go is the same, but the op, but the possibility that you can't hold that pace is very mm-hmm. high or likely where people just can't push it because their legs are blown up and they just yep. don't have the the capacity for it. So mm-hmm. interesting. Cool. But that was day one. That was yep. Thursday. That was Thursday. So Friday morning or Friday. Uh, that was a different thing. They they did. They basically had a morning group. And then the afternoon group, and I think they did that for a spectator because you bought spectator tickets for either the morning or the afternoon. So they had them broken up into age groups. The specific age groups went in the morning, and then the mm-hmm. I think basically the younger age groups went in the afternoon. So I was there in the afternoon. So um, that's something to consider when you're looking at these workouts. Is there there's not a lot of time in between the workouts. So Friday, the first event was the three two two. 200 meter buy-in, 75 dumbbell hang snatch. So this 3-2-2 was three minute interval, one minute rest, two minute interval, one minute rest, two minute interval. And every interval started with that 200 meter buy-in on the runner. And then you went into your dumbbell hang snatches. And uh, this one, I think they just missed the mark a little bit. I don't know if they put the three minutes on that front end to try to get people further along that was on the the idea of it or what but a good bit of people finished in that second interval um yep a lot of people finished in that second interval and several almost finished in the first interval mm-hmm. um and if they had flipped that around where it's two two three like it normally is then it would have been obviously more people would have been getting into that third interval a bigger complaint that i heard here was wishing that the dumbbell was heavier so that it wasn't just a basically a sprint because a lot of people a lot of people mispaced it because they assumed that it was going to take all three intervals. Mm. And then once they finished the first interval, they were like, Oh man, I could have pushed just a little bit harder and I would have been able to finish in that second interval. So like my client, she was like four reps away from finishing the second interval. It was just because she mispaced the first interval because of that. So um, I don't, uh, some people said that they wish that it was from the floor to slow down the movement a little bit. I think with the amount of, pulling from the floor that they have throughout the rest of the weekend that that wouldn't have been a good idea potentially doing dumbbell hang squat snatches might have been a good idea at that same weight 
Mm -hmm. um, that would have slowed things down significantly. Um, I like the interval style workout like this. So this was a good workout, I thought, um, especially alone by itself. If they had gotten the reps a little bit better or the movement a little bit slower where they had gone into that third interval, I think it would have been a great test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this format's it's – I like it. It, again, comes back to it forces the athlete to strategize, know themselves well, know how hard they can push, how fast they can – how well they can recover. So it, it benefits the, the person who spent a lot of time doing interval-style training. So they're going to know themselves a lot more. The is if it's not designed appropriately, then it, people finish in the first one or the second, which mm -hmm. this setup, ideally you finish in the last one and it's right. hard to finish in the last one. Like you, that's what you really want. So mm -hmm. if that's the case, then you have to ask, okay, well, if I need them to work for seven minutes and I'm giving them a minute of work on the front end, then that means that they have, uh, they need to be, they need to essentially have to finish uh, four minutes worth of work. So if you have four minutes of work and you have people who are at a really high level, they might be holding 25 reps a minute, which means you got to give them probably at least a hundred reps mm -hmm. of work to do as, as a minimum, maybe more. Um, so yeah, I think this could have been a good event if they designed it better. Cause it was, it was, you know, people were finishing it after the first one and like my client, I think she did like 60 hand snatches on the first one. And then she did mm -hmm. the last 15 and she was done. It's like, well, mm -hmm. that's what, what did that really test? So yeah. Uh, it, yeah, maybe if you had a, a longer run, maybe if it was a 300 meter run, that could have been good. Um, Cause yeah, you kind of have a couple of ways you could do it. You could increase the buy-in length and, or you could, increase the amount of snatches or you can increase the difficulty of the snatches. So you kind of have a little bit of, I would probably just increase the running length. I think with masters, I, I'd prefer biasing more of the cyclical element in the test than the external load. So just make them run farther. And even, even with yeah. the uh, three by seven minutes on the front end of the weekend. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like that. You know, Cause I mean, my, my bias would be, I try to leverage a lot more cyclical work with masters athletes right. in the training year, regardless, just from a joint and recovery aspect. So I think that could be a good principle for masters competitions is making sure that there is a heavy bias towards cyclical work. doesn't mean it's going to reward the person who's great at endurance because you can right. be creative and you, and make tests that are really challenging and force high, high output for shorter distances or, you know, seven to mm -hmm. eight minute, like you can be creative. So you don't, yeah, it's cyclical elements aren't synonymous with endurance. There, there's yeah. a power that can be expressed with them as well. Yeah. And that being said, looking at the whole picture, um, I might potentially move that to Saturday. So we have that big cyclical test on Thursday Friday would be all mixed work. And then mm -hmm. Saturday, because it has three tests, three Saturday was Saturday was a doozy. It had a lot. Mm -hmm. And yep. so putting that test in there that was mostly cyclical in the middle of that Saturday test might have yeah. balanced out a little bit more and made the athletes feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I might, I agree. now that I'm looking at it, maybe increase the run by in and also make it dumbbell hang snatch. I don't know if that 
mixes things too much where you're getting the cyclical, but you're also making it almost kind of a skill test mm-hmm. as well. Um, that may be pulling things apart too much, but the legs would get so torched. Yeah. Squatting, squatting and running is the worst. But if you made it like a 300 meter buy-in and only like 50 hanging squat snatches. Yeah, you could do that. Cause it It probably, probably a lot of those masters people probably struggle, maybe not the youngest age group, but I don't know. I even know how high I would take that putting, you know, dumbbell squat snatches in the 60 plus is probably a no go. (laughs) Oh yeah. That would be so ugly. (laughs) The, the young mean, people could probably. I can't do even it, hardly do but, them. So. Yeah, I can't do it. If if somebody held a gun to my head, I'd be like, "Well, yeah. I guess you know, I had a good run, so yeah. go for it." Yep. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I mean, I like the increase in the run by in there, and maybe moving it to Saturday to kind of spread make yeah. Saturday a little bit more manageable. Yeah, I would just make a longer run. I yeah. think that'd be really good. Yeah. All right. So event four, uh, five rounds, eighteen total bar. Nine shoulder to overhead, 135, 95, and 54 double unders. From from what I saw, and I will give, I've been meaning to give this caveat that my athlete was drastically under the weather throughout this. So I pretty much watched her suffer through these, and then I, I didn't watch the rest of it. Um, but from, from what I saw, this was all about managing your total bar. If you were great at total bar, then you separated yourself enough on that to even if you struggled a little bit with the shoulder overhead, you were still fine. I think that pretty much everybody with the double unders, even if they tripped up and stuff, it wasn't enough to make a difference on the impact of the workout and the shoulder overhead only being nine reps. I didn't see it really, really you know, taking anybody out of the workout. Um, so it was really all about managing the total bar. And I saw a lot of people start with, you know, 12, six or, or, even 18 unbroken and then by the end of it they're doing doubles and triples or or worse and so knowing knowing your total bar knowing your capacity on that because you're really not getting a huge break between sets of 18 um and so that was pretty much what i saw from the workout is just was all about managing the total bar yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be mean and say that this was a a poorly designed event because it was it was just toaster bar the other two Mm -hmm. movements they're not there's not enough volume and enough uh, fatigue accumulating that you can separate people. So you mm-hmm. could have just given everybody 90 toes to bar for time yep. and the results same. would probably be the same. So yep. if that's the case, then that's not a good, a, a, a well-designed event because the other things don't mean anything. And ideally, mm-hmm. if you're going to make an event, a fitness test, all the pieces inside of the event should play a role in the outcome. So you could have done, five rounds of 18 toes to bar and 18 shoulder overhead and forget Mm -hmm. the double unders. And now you have, okay, that's going to be greasy and you can't just like skirt through the shoulder overhead. You actually have, you know, you had to do 90 of them. So that might've been a better test. uh, But you can't, yeah, you can't just do 18 toes to bar for five rounds. It was because with my athlete, she's her toes bar is not a, a strong suit. So all of it was just strategizing the, the, the breaking pacing strategy for her there, which was starting with sixes, then going to fives. And I think she was down to like threes and fours the last few rounds. And it wasn't a great event for her. Uh, Cause you know, some girls that are great at toast to bargain, mm-hmm. they were probably doing big sets throughout, but yeah, I didn't like this event. I thought this was uh, not well designed. Yep. The, the only, 
the only separator was either you're just better than everybody else at Toto Bar or you strategize better than everybody else. And that's, yeah. I think my client did a good job of strategizing. She's not terrible at Toto Bar. We had actually put a good three months of pretty dedicated work towards it. Um, but she's, she's still not great at them, but she strategized well and, and held on and did, you know, best she could and passed people that are arguably better at Toto Bar because they went out too hot on the Toto Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the shoulder overhead and the double under just wasn't, wasn't relevant. Mm-hmm. And real one, one final thing to add is events like that make me laugh because if you're not a, an aware conscious athlete, you'll just start hot and probably do like 18 unbroken and then 10, eight, and then you're going to be toast unless you're mm-hmm. very, very elite at toast bar, but that's a small percentage of the population. Everybody else forgets that there's 90 of them and mm-hmm they don't realize that you need to be very smart with your breaks so that when you get to round four and five, that's when you need to be able to hold pretty good sets and you'll, you will pass a lot of people. So I always laugh watching people do an event like this because they just, they, they blow their load for lack of a better term. And uh, it just shows, you know, okay. You, you still have a lot of learning to do, which is good. Yeah. And apparently they had, I think Froning tested, most of these workouts, which is just a, it's just a poor choice of who's testing the workout. <laughs> of um, course. I mean, yes, he's a, a 35 year old now or 34, whatever he is, mm-hmm. but, but the tests and the time caps and everything should not be based off his rich running. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. event six when we get there, but yeah. Um, so we'll, that was it for Friday. Yeah, that was a pretty. Yeah, that was it. Saturday was starts off with, yep. Event five Saturday, power clean, bar face, and burpee. One fifteen on the power clean or eighty pounds. Um, so I'll give the a funny story. The last lactic intervals that I did with Karen, my athlete, were was mm-hmm. our fifteen twelve nine power clean burpee test. So we did three sets of the 15, 12, nine power clean burpee. That's mm-hmm. kind of our last big session. And then they announced this workout. We're like, Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> you're sick of power yeah. cleans and burpees now, but I guess you're ready for it. Um, yeah. So this was, I, I like this one. It's classic kind of combo of movements, power clean and, and burpee. Um, it's a, it's a, how bad can you suffer? Um, mm-hmm. Burpee speed. It was, it was low enough. I was kind of concerned that it was too much where burpee speed wouldn't really matter that much, but it was, it was just low enough for the top end where burpee speed did matter. The, the people were doing 21 59 at a pretty fast rate. Um, and so this was leaving people. I remember pulling up to the event and the guy, the younger guys had already gone. And I remember seeing there were a bunch of them out in the parking lot, not, not feeling well. <laughs> so this, this was a good test that um, was kind of a, classic uh yeah just that metal taste in your mouth after you're done mm-hmm. um i think the loads were loads were good everything was pretty good about this one the only thing i would say was the and again this is just the venue the where they did this workout was extremely tight uh nobody was hitting each other the bars weren't hitting each other but the feet were close to each other the feet were close to hitting judges there was just a lot of a lot of people in the room that were mm. where the event was but other than that, it was, I thought it was a good event. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice power event and mm-hmm. it, 
it exposes if people have a a sixth gear if they if they can ex express that power and it also will challenge how well they can recover from real intense efforts so two one yeah two two podcast episodes ago we talked about anaerobic training pain training mm -hmm. and so this would be this would be indicative of if that trained in your system because if you don't you won't be able to push that six gear and also you'll have a harder time recovering from this for the subsequent events you have to do so the placement of it is interesting because mm -hmm. from a uh a general principle, you would probably put this as the last event of the day, but they yep. put it first, which if you have great capacity built and great uh, resilience with high powered work, then you'll be able to do this event, recover well, and be able to perform well in the subsequent events without a huge decrement in capacity because your system is just able to recharge faster, which the best, of course, they're going to do that and be able to express really well. So mm -hmm. it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's a good, simple test. I like it because it's simple and it just shows if you have, uh, that gear. Now, if, if I wanted to get like real, uh, picky, I would say a better test would be you do 18, 12, nine, and then you rest two minutes and you are three minutes and you do it again. So mm -hmm. I would test, I would test fatigue repeatability here because mm -hmm. anybody can do it hard once, but can you do it twice? And then maybe your score is like your total time, or maybe your score is your, is your slowest of the two. Mm -hmm. So then that's going to really challenge not only, well, on the first example, you know, how well can you do on the average in the second, like, what's the minimal drop-off you can show. So that might be a better uh, of the test that would specifically highlight an attribute of fitness that you would want to look for that I think is very important for fitness testing, which is fatigue repeatability. So yeah, that would have been uh, maybe a better version. And that would have definitely needed to be on the end of the day. <laughs> oh yeah. Big time. You would, you would um, be done after that. Yeah. So that, that, I, like I said, I did that 15, 12, nine with her, um, and she got all of them in 235 or so. And that, that was where it was. This was frustrating for her because, you know, like I told you off, off the call, mm -hmm. that she hadn't gotten much food in or anything. And so we knew that she, this would be typically a, a wheelhouse type workout for her. And she did all those three sets. She did them all unbroken. Um, and she was, she broke probably three or more times in the 15s. And it was just mm. like watching her. It was just, kind of upsetting because it was like man yep. she just has zero in her tank right now and it's just unfortunate yep. that the timing of the weekend and everything but yep um but yeah i really like when i used to run tests at my crossfit gym i always had a uh fatigue repeatability repeatability test and it was always it was always fun to watch it was always fun to see the athletes do it i always got good feedback from the athletes because it was something different um while it was mm -hmm. extremely painful it's something different that they don't get exposed to very much. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I really like that, that idea as well, putting it on the end of the day and making it a repeatability test. Cool. Event six is also rich fronting written all over it. 90 yeah. GHC sit-ups, 12 rope ponds and 150 wall balls. I, so go ahead. 
I, I liked the event. I just didn't like that they had 90 toes to bar the day before. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you got rid of that event and you just had this one, I think this is a great event. Mm-hmm. I, I like the volume. I like the layout. I got no qualms with it. It's just in where it's placed and what is also being tested. I just thought it's like, that's redundant. Like you don't mm-hmm. need toast bar and GHGs the next day. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's got a very mayhem vibe because they they're obsessed with GHGs, which, Hey, you got to be able to do them. So I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. bad. Just you, you want to be thoughtful on the layout and what you're actually trying to test. Cause that's what happens is sometimes you put tests together and if you're not really, you know, and everybody's going to be different in how they look at the, you know, how much thought and, and attention to detail is going to go into the tests and the layout of the tests. But that's like a big, it just doesn't make sense. You don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just don't put 90 toes to bar. And then 24 hours later, you're doing 90 GHG setups. Yeah. Like you can be a lot more, intelligent with the outline there yeah and again there was there was no chest of bars throughout either no. test, and so you could have done chest of bar in that event on friday yeah you could have made that, it, that i will that say i will say i was glad there was no chest bar because i think that's a very demanding movement for the shoulder mm-hmm. for yeah. for everyone not just masters yeah. but even more so right. for masters so i'm cool with them not using chest of bar i think I rather them do rope climbs or even like a burpee yep. pull up. That could be really good. Yep. Uh, so I'm cool with it. I just think, yeah, you, you could have subbed out the toes to bar for something, you know, even strict pull. Well, I mean, strict pull ups are kind of hard to judge, but you could do strict pull ups. Yeah. yeah I, agree, I agree with that. That's something we talked about. I think that may have been on the old podcast, but something I learned while I was, you know, I, oftentimes I'll do different programs just to, see what's out there. When I was doing mm-hmm. Mayhem, they don't, they don't do many chest bar at all. Um, but when they come up in events, they're, they're fine with them. But if you're doing mm-hmm. a massive amount of strict pull-ups, you're doing a massive amount of rope climbs, you're doing a massive muscle amount ups. of GHT and total bar muscle-ups, when chest bar come up, you're going to be fine. But they don't do a yeah. lot of training on them. And I think that's, to your point, when I was doing all that, my shoulders felt better, and I could still jump in if I needed to and do a ton of chest bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that. Mm-hmm. whether that's from a training methodology or from a testing as well, but yeah, it's getting off topic. But the, the other thing was the time cap on this one, I think was a little tight. Um, I don't think anybody finished it. Yeah. Nobody finished it. So that um, was, that the was girls a mis- weren't even really mismatch. The girls weren't even really close. Um, no. I think, I think this is actually my client started feeling better in this one. She, I think she got like, I want to say like 60 wall balls or so. And she was around 15th place on that. If I'm remembering right, just to give an idea of kind of where people were. Um, and she, a lot of, she got uh, 67 wall balls and she tied yeah. for 17th. Yeah. So what was the top place? First place got 127 wall balls. She had 23 right. left. Yeah. Um, and so in the, this may not have been the case for like the top 10, but for 10 after that, what I saw a lot of it was actually the, well, it was either the rope climbs or the pacing on the GHC sit-ups. And I say either or because my client came off the GHC in her heat. She was last coming off the GHC sit-ups. She was first coming off of the ropes though. Mm. She's not a 
tremendous rope climber. We've actually put in a lot of work on toe to bar and rope climbs over the last couple of months, but she broke up the GHC sit-ups um, purposefully so that her hips wouldn't be gone. And so she could go into the rope climbs and be more consistent there. And so that's mm -hmm. why I say either, or I don't know if it was people going too, too hard trying to stay as unbroken as possible in GHC sit-ups or if that she was doing better on the rope climbs or a combination of the two, but um, that mattered a lot, especially knowing that you're only going to get, you know, 50 to 75 wall balls in mm -hmm. the, the, how yeah. you did the GHC and the rope climbs mattered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They needed to extend the, the time cap there a bit. You, you, you know, you, maybe you want four to yeah, six people who people. can finish it. Yep. Yeah. So and if nobody, if, if the first place person's 20 plus reps away, I mean, that's, what I say, she had 27 left. So she had that's nearly a minute. a minute. Yeah, it's pretty much a minute. So yeah, that needed to be extended a bit. But I, yeah, I, I liked, I thought it was a good event. Again, it's requires pacing, requires knowing yourself. And uh, I like a big bunch of wall mm -hmm. balls on the back end where you can really, uh, you can really push it if you really want it. So mm -hmm. um, good right. event. This is, this is the one I specifically heard that, Ronning's time on this was 11 minutes and it was a 12 minute time cap. So it was like, wow. Well, of course he probably, <laughs> okay, then we'll do 12. It's like, yeah. oh, geez, come on. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. That is um, fast though. 11 minutes. That's, that's quick. Yeah. Uh, I heard, um, I think it was J.R. Howell on Spine's podcast and he was kind of calculating it time wise for reps. And I mean, 11 minutes is about as fast as you can. Yeah. As fast as you can do it. So that's really fast. Um, all right. So event seven, the last workout on Saturday, like I said, Saturday is a big day. So yep. last one, six minute AMRAP of one, two, three, four, five climbing ladder of wall walks and deadlifts at three fifteen and two twenty five. And you made the note and I was going to point this out as well. The deadlifts were essentially irrelevant. There were some people that were struggling on them a little bit, but it was still irrelevant. So you would see them struggle and then they would still pass everybody on the wall walks. Yeah, see struggle and like my client, the deadlifts and your client, same way. Like the deadlifts are just in the way, yeah. but they still they still couldn't pass those people that the deadlift was heavy for. Exactly. Yep. It, you, if it was if it was two, four, six, eight, ten deadlifts, I think it would have been better because then it would further separate people on the bar. Like you would you would need to be good at the deadlifts to get to the wall to where you could speed up but the layout i mean you'd probably have to extend the time cap maybe seven eight minutes but this was like the toes to bar workout where it was just wall walks if you gave a six minute amrap of wall walks mm -hmm. i think the leaderboard would be the exact same and if that's the case then that's a an f for design mm -hmm. um how would you one thing about again this has nothing to do with the programmers but it was so tight in the floor space that they were doing this, mm -hmm. that when you were picking up your bar, your face was a six inches or less from the person in front of you's rear end. Oh, wow. So that was somewhat uncomfortable. <laughs> like literally the person behind mine was like turning her face to the side when she was mm -hmm. deadlifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one way to change this would potentially be maybe doubling the reps on the deadlift. So, one wall walk, so. two deadlifts, two wall walks, four deadlifts, and so forth. Um, I think so. 
I don't know how much else you could do with it. Keep I mean, them, I would keep, keep the same movements, you know. Yeah, I, and then maybe maybe you drop it down to like two seventy five and two hundred five, mm-hmm. uh, or you could just keep it there. I mean, but at least then the deadlift means something, right? Because I saw that workout and I was my client. Like I said, she's really strong. She can mm-hmm. pull like four hundred five. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh. I was like, too bad. The deadlifts yeah. don't mean anything. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you could actually make up for the fact that your wall warps aren't that good. And as a result, she came, what'd she come on that event? She came uh, 26, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that was like, that was her worst finish of the weekend because her wall walks are just, you know, she's just not there yet. So uh, it was like, if it was just a wall walk AMRAP, she'd probably still come 26. So. Yeah. And, and the only other thing I would say on that is the typically on those type of workouts that are ascending reps, you have to pace the front end, yep. you know, very uh, strategically because it's really easy to get out ahead of yourself in there. Mm-hmm. And my client actually paced a little bit too much. If you, if you got behind in that one, two, three and, and four, you, mm-hmm. you just couldn't, you couldn't catch up on the wall mm-hmm. walks. Um, and so she actually in hindsight could have started out a little bit faster because those dead loads were so irrelevant, mm-hmm. she could have started out a little faster and, and probably not had to break much more and would have gotten, you know, another couple of reps in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, first place she had 71 reps. So she essentially did 35 deadlifts, 35 wall walks. Mm-hmm. So, which is a decent amount, but you know, she came first. So yeah. what if you, you know, what if you made everybody do 30 deadlifts within yeah, you know, with 15 wall walks. Now, how does that, how does that change things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that All was right. it for Saturday. That was it for Saturday. Uh, and they were, they were feeling it by then. Yeah. Sunday. Uh, I think the communication was a little bit off. They changed the heat time. So when she went to bed, she thought her, thought yep. her my person too. time was at 10 or 11 or something. And then it ended up being at like eight. Um, and I know several people actually missed their, missed their event. Um, so that could have been cleaned up a little bit. So the event though was a four minute time cap, 12, nine, six bar muscle up and front squat at 185 or 125, one minute rest, three minute time cap of six, nine, 12 strict handstand pushups and sandbag cleans. So the bar muscle ups, um, again, they were in the qualifier ring muscle ups weren't chest bars weren't. Mm-hmm. So, um, potentially something there i don't think did any females finish this one um yes five six okay so eight, several nine yeah. um what did 10th get 10 10 of them finished it okay just under a bit yeah so i again there's been several i guess three interval tests um, I like, I like this. Uh, the only thing was there's, well, it's not a pro or con. I, we actually strategized a little bit for her. She's pretty good at strict handstand pushup, not great at bar muscle up. So I said, just kind of, it's been a bad weekend. The weekends are washed anyway. So just kind of sandbag the first workout and go crush the second workout. <laughs> that's exactly what she did. So she finished the weekend with a fifth place finish on the strict handstand pushup and the cleans. Um, she said she wasn't going to do that. And then she did like the first set of bar muscle ups. And she was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, um, but overall I like the test. I don't know 
I think I do like finishing with this because there's a lot of points that can be moved around in a short period yep. of time. Um, so yeah, I I don't really have many complaints about it. No, I liked it a lot, and I'm biased because my athlete she she had an eighth and a th- and a third on it, which was nice. great. And so she she moved. I think she was 18th or 19th, and then she finished in 14th. So she made up a lot of ground, which is great. And she was one of those people who her heat time got switched. She missed her heat. And then thankfully they let her join the like 50 to 54 women. So she got to Mm -hmm. do it, um, which was great. And then part of then the strategy was, okay, well, you obviously can't use them as a, as a reference for pushing the pace. So make sure Mm -hmm. you're, you know, you hammer down. Uh, But I liked, yeah, the fatigue repeatability, the combo of the movements is great. Mm -hmm. Very classic CrossFit, pulling, squatting, bending, pushing. Uh, the fact that no one finished the last one, first place, she had 10 reps left again, they, there was an oversight. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe if it was, uh, you know, three, six, nine, uh, handstand pushups and six, nine, 12 sandbag cleans, maybe that would have been better. I get mm-hmm. the point. Like they're trying to keep the reps the same. You go down the ladder, you come back yeah. up. But if that's the case, then add another minute to the time cap, right. go four minutes yeah. instead of three. So yeah. I'm sure Rich did it unbroken in two minutes and they're like, all right, we'll do three. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a good one to finish. Good to see how well you could recover from a couple of tough pieces after everything you've done. So, you know, kudos for uh, a fairly good final event. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like it. So overall, I think it was uh, fairly balanced. I, I would have preferred to see, uh, potentially a longer event in there if the schedule allowed for it. Um, but more so than that, I probably would have preferred to see some type of strength event in there. Uh, like you said earlier, I, I agree, like not maybe not a one rep max clean or one rep max snatch or something like that, but maybe some kind of complex or maybe some kind of, you know, heavy sandbag event or even just a heavier mm-hmm. event um, would have been fine for a strength-ish test, like for your, for your client. Um, <laughs> but something in there that challenges that a little bit. Uh, and then, but overall, I think it was pretty well, well done event. Yeah. It's not easy running a competition and mm-hmm. sounded like they did a great job and people had a good experience. Of course, there's always little things you can, you can uh, nag and nitpick about. Um, yeah. But I think on the whole, it was well done. And I don't know what yeah. the, reason for going to mayhem was because in the past like last year it was at a um you know a hotel venue but i don't know what the reason for that was but there that definitely puts constraints on it um Mm -hmm. while at at first you're like well it's mayhem so they have anything you want and they do have everything but space for this size of event it doesn't matter how big the gym is space is still limited and that was that definitely put a constraint on it the warm-up area was not great um like the first first day when they had that row bike ski test i think there was two rowers and one bike back there in the warm-up area oh jeez! Um, <laughs> and so the line to now granted i guess maybe because they're masters athletes or something but they were all cordially lined up one by one single file line <laughs> of course area. um very respectful I like, yeah i was like what is this line for they're like they're lining up for the treadmill i was like oh that's nice um but yeah it was just it was tight and so you know, that puts constraints on the programmers and things like that. So there's there's probably constraints in there for some of these workouts that we aren't aware of and that, that made them 
do that. So mm-hmm. it's easy to judge, like you said, from the outside, but there's other thing to consider that we don't always see. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. Awesome. That's a wrap. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk next week. Crafting Fitness is powered by Crafted Coaching. To learn more about individually designed fitness and to explore our range of goal-driven programs, head to www.crafted.coach.